Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined my co-host Ashton Overholt. Um, it's been a little while since we recorded. Ashton, how are you doing? Fantastic. Going to get into the Big Twelve um, today. Yes. Yeah, just kind of got dive into a conference. Um, a lot of change. A lot of change mm-hmm. in this conference. So yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Um, I think. I think I have some hot takes. I, I think I have well, at least moderately lukewarm takes. Like they're they're not. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. We're gonna we're gonna enjoy ourselves today. Nice. Yeah, I I'm excited for the Big Twelve. This is like the one year where we have all the new teams plus Texas and Oklahoma still here. So right. this is gonna be a unique year for the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's nothing we've seen before. So we'll just jump right into it. Obviously, we're doing the win totals for each team. Um, some of my numbers are a little old, so I will try to be double checking those as we go along. The first team I have listed is Oklahoma. Nine and a half is the total there. Um, I can check that. But, well, yeah, well, first of all, just thinking about Oklahoma a year ago, six and seven, kind of a disappointing year in Brent Venable's first season. What are you looking for from this Oklahoma team this season in his second year? Okay, so, I mean, they're going to bounce back, right? I think that's kind of a universal thought that mm-hmm. everyone's pretty sure that they they will be much better, much improved, kind of that year two jump. Um, that a lot of programs take. I mean, there's a lot of programs that, um, I mean, yeah, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, their first year with their programs wasn't great. Um, And year two ended up being really, really good for those guys. Is is Venables one of those coaches? Like, that's to be determined. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They they will almost certainly take a step up. You're seeing how much Vegas values them, but the number is at nine and a half, which is, is high. So, Vegas also thinking of a jump back. Um, it's high. <laughs> the number is still high. Nine and a half is very high. This is a team that was six and seven a year ago. Um, I, I'm on the fence with Oklahoma. Like I could go either way. And this one, yeah, it, it depends when I. It depends kind of when you catch me um, as to where I sit on Oklahoma. Right now, I'm going to go under um, because I really like Texas. I like Texas a lot. So. I'm going to go under on Oklahoma. I think they can go nine and three. I think that's very doable. I don't think they're a playoff team. They do have an easy schedule though. That yes. is something to, to be, to be talked about is the schedule is not that difficult. So there is a scenario where, you know, you, maybe you lose to Texas, you lose to TCU and someone maybe, yeah, Iowa state gets you or something, but like, like someone's <laughs> going to have to upset Oklahoma here for them to go under. I think, I think it does happen. And I think they go just under. I have them clearly as an underdog to Texas. I, I really like Texas this year, which is like one of the scariest sentences a human being can say. Um, but this Oklahoma team, like they're solid. They're they're not going to compete for like a national title or anything, but they got a pretty good quarterback coming back. They got right. unproven, but talented receivers, pretty good offensive line. They feel pretty good actually about like the back seven of their defense and, like right. their defense can't be any worse than it was a year ago. Look at it that way. Um, they were terrible a year ago. I think the second year in Brent Venables could be could be key. But you talked about it, man. The schedule, the schedule is everything. And Texas is the only game where I view them as a clear underdog 
Right. They missed Kansas State. That's helpful. Uh, they had to play them last year. They don't this year. Who knows what Oklahoma State is? Like, who knows about, like, they get BYU, they get UCF, they get Cincinnati. Who knows what any of those teams will be in their first year in the Big 12. I feel ridiculous because I'm not that high on Oklahoma, but I'm taking the over just because, man, that schedule's just – it's gravy, man. Like, like, tell me I'm wrong. No, no, no it's it's correct. They they don't have a whole lot there. Texas is that neutral site game, obviously. It's all – or it always has been. I, I guess it will still be. Will that be a neutral site game in the SEC when they I move? would guess, yeah. It's got to be, right? Like, it's always at the fair there. It's yeah. always – yeah, it's at the same place there in, in Dallas. But, yeah, neutral site game there, um, and they go to Stillwater. Like, they have to play Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. But TCU's at home, like like you know, like what like what like we mentioned, West Virginia home game, Iowa State's a home game. Like some of these games that you kind of view as coin flips or or yeah, sketchy games at least for Oklahoma are you know fall at home for them this year. So no, I I agree that the schedule is very easy. I think they just they lose a they're they're not playoff caliber yet. They're right. not playoff caliber yet is what I'm saying. The recruiting is excellent, though, mm-hmm. by the way. Like, we are not saying that Oklahoma is trending anywhere but up. Like, they clearly are. Like, the recruiting is there. They are doing very well. Um, they've had some some huge additions there. So, yeah, they, they're on the right track. I think nine and three. I, I have them going just under. We have some disagreement here early. Mm-hmm. Um I, I don't feel great about it. I'll be honest. I don't feel fantastic about it because the schedule is so easy. One thing I will say is last year with Dylan Gabriel going down, they had no one else who was worth right. anything at quarterback. Right. And now bringing in Jackson Arnold, uh, five-star freshman, I would yeah. I would venture to guess that Dylan Gabriel is still the guy this year. But you at Ooh. least have someone who's talented who could step in if he does happen to get injured again. He does have quite a history of injuries. And so, like – I don't know. That's one thing I like to check when I remember is just like what what do teams have as their backup quarterback? And I feel a lot better about Oklahoma's backup quarterback situation this year than it did a year ago. It it was it was very noticeable how it was like once he went down last year, they didn't really have like it it, it just it it clearly was a a drop off for Oklahoma Mm -hmm. a year ago. And yeah, this six, six and seven is. That that's kind of their floor. Like it can't get much worse for Oklahoma, so they clearly will bounce back. Um, but yeah, I we're on different sides of the aisle, so on that one. <clears throat> sure. Okay. Next we have Texas. Texas is kind of the favorite in the conference. Nine and a half is also their win total on the season. Ashton, this is actually like a pretty talented team. If you're going through the roster, okay, you got you got. Go ahead, Ashton. <laughs> okay just just hear me out here you like hear me out on this one and and i'm one of those guys that that texas i'm I'm not gonna let texas disappoint me so i pick against them until proven otherwise Mm -hmm. you know because every year we get the texas is back or are they back or we thought they were back and then um what sam ellinger says like we're back and it's like oh they are back and then they they weren't actually back right and they're they, they struggle just to be back but here's their receivers this year Oh. This is this is their four receivers. They're okay. Hang hang on. So we have we have Jordan Whittington. He's a he's a senior, redshirt senior, right? A lot of experience. Isaiah Nair, ball yep. player, also a senior. Xavier Worthy is back. 
And then you have A.D. Mitchell, the transfer from Georgia. That's your four receivers. Those four And the five-star Jonte Cook, by the way. I'm serious. (laughs) He may not even get on the field with these guys. Like – like they have, they have so much. They have so much talent there at receiver. It's we we view Ohio State as like kind of that's re- wide receiver U, and they have the best receiver room. I'm serious. Texas can go with anybody, and if if this receiver room was say in say it was in LSU, or say this receiver room was at USC, like we would call this like it would be yeah they they have multiple players here that could win a blitnikoff this year like they do they have multiple players <laughs> that could do it it's again i'm not on the whole texas is back thing but i'm just saying the receivers are so dang good like that that is so yeah. good there and by the way sark knows how to use these guys sark yes. is like yeah, it's going to work. Like, it's going to work. They're going to score points. It's going to happen for Texas this year on offense. Um, you shouldn't just mention, by the way, like Quinn Ewers, Malik yeah. Murphy, Arch Manning. Yeah. Like, the quarterback room is also loaded. Jatavion Sanders at tight end could be a star. Yeah. I expect their offensive line to actually be decent this year. Like, it was young last year, and sure. – Young offensive lines become old offensive lines. They're not old. They're still pretty young. But Kelvin Banks could be, theoretically, he could be end up being like the best left tackle in the country. Stud. Yeah. Okay. So when they go and play at Alabama and Bryant-Denny Stadium, yeah, like Texas could win that game. Texas <laughs> could win that game. And just so we know, if Texas does win that game, all bets are off. Like Texas will be back um do you have them as a playoff team or no because i'm like or (laughs) i i have the over i guess i'll just go ahead and say i have texas i have them going over nine and a half it means they go ten and two or or better or better like probably better i mean who are they going to lose to on this schedule if they get or if they get alabama if they beat alabama like you, you like them to beat the rest of the teams there so yeah i'm going over like i don't know what you want me to say here i'm going over I'm also going over. I actually do think it's a pretty tough schedule. You mentioned going to Alabama, obviously. Sure. I would I would have them a notch below. Like I, I do think that they are probably going to lose to Alabama. And then there's a few other interesting games. Um that okay. thankfully for them, they get Kansas State at home. They have to go to TCU. They they get Texas Tech at home. Yeah. Oklahoma, of course. Who knows what Baylor might be this year? I right. think they're clearly the best team in the Big Twelve. I okay. would not be shocked if they went 11 and one. I would probably pick them to go 10 and two because it's still Texas. That part scares me. Oh. They're constantly disappointing to me. Texas disappointing this year could be 10 and two instead of 12 and 0. Okay. So ha- how is Alabama going to beat Texas if they can't score points? I, Alabama can't is they're not, they're going to struggle to score points and these receivers could go against anyone. I'm just saying like Texas I, I like Texas. I think this matchup favors – this is a good matchup for Texas. Um, it's unfortunate that it's on the road this year. I mean, yeah, the Longhorns, they outplayed Alabama last year in, in Texas, and, and were un, it was unfortunate they lost that game. Bryce Young's not there anymore for Alabama. That's that's over. It's gone. And, and I don't think that Tyler Buckner or whoever they decide to trot out is going to be able to go with Quinn Ewers and these receivers. So, yeah, I – I'm – is it foolish of me? I'm buying in so much on Texas right now. I'm on like the hype train. I, this is, I have bought in this year and that's probably a mistake. 
if there's anything to be concerned about, it's just that the defense could be only decent, like right, which, which is definitely good enough. Like with their with the, what I expect their offense to be mm-hmm. to be just fine as far as the conference goes. Alabama has a vastly better defense, I think, than Texas this year. And that's, yeah, I, that would be the reason I'm not looking at Texas as actually making the playoff. I could see it. I, it could happen. I'm not picking that. Is that fair? Fair. Um, Texas also brought in the number three re, uh, recruiting class, the four or five-star commits. Um, yeah, you mentioned Arch Manning. You mentioned Jonte Cook, who, yeah, five-star receiver, who, like, is going to legit struggle to get on the field with these guys because they have so many really good ones. They'll find a spot for him. But the, the talent is is wild. This has, like, sneaky 2019 LSU vibes to me right now. And, and maybe this is me just, yeah, just buying, drinking maybe just too much of the Kool-Aid. That, that's fine. When you see an offense with an with like with the quarterback room, not just one quarterback, by the way, like they've got legit depth at quarterback, and you see it with with Sark and these receivers. Yeah, I'm 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 bought in. I'm bought in. You can't buy any any more Texas stock because I currently own all of it. So. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Next, we have Kansas State, who actually did win the Big Twelve last year, had a great season, ten wins or so. Their win total set at seven and a half this year. It's a bit of an interesting team because in some ways they're very similar to last year. In other ways, there's some changes. Adrian Martinez kind of came in and thought everyone thought he was going to be the guy. And he was until he got hurt. And then Will Howard came in and played better than him. Will Howard is back. They did lose Deuce Vaughn, both of our, like one of our favorite players in the country. Yeah. Um, lost, lost some of their top receivers. Everyone on the offensive line is back. We know Kansas State plays defense. They there there are a few question marks in the defensive side of the ball, but all in all, it feels like this Kansas State team could be pretty solid again. Agreement? Like like I agree. Um, they're like they're very they're kind of like Kentucky. Maybe they're like like kind of like the Big Twelve version of Kentucky. You could say like very. Um, like fundamentally sound, I guess you could say, like not flashy, like, like that's kind of yeah how they play it. Deuce Juan is, is not, he's no longer there. Like, which, yeah, which you alluded to. And yeah, w- what a bummer. Like that guy was so much fun to watch for a lot of years. It seemed he was there for, felt like a yeah. long time, but no, they're, they're like, they're, they were hugely undervalued last year. W- what's the win total that you have? I I'm showing eight. You say okay. you have seven and a half. Is that right? Yeah. So I guess we could take either one. That's fine. Okay. I'll go, let me, give me the seven and a half number and I'll go over. I think they get to eight wins this year. Um, yeah, maybe even more, but yeah, I think, I feel, I feel like maybe they're a little undervalued right there at seven and a half. So I'll go over. I would agree. If you're kind of looking at their schedule, their non-conferences, Southeast Missouri, Troy, and then at Missouri, who they beat pretty handily a year ago. Four touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Missouri's going to be good this year or not. I do think Kansas State is pretty clearly a favorite in that game. Right. UCF, Oklahoma State. They, okay. So they have a little stretch there where they have to go to Oklahoma State, to Texas Tech. They get TCU and Houston at home, and then they go to Texas and then <laughs> Baylor at home. So it is, it's not a cakewalk. I just trust right. this Kansas State team. Like I, I right. think they're going eight and four or, or better. So, yeah, I'll join you on the over 
Um, really like the job Chris Kleiman has Chris Kleiman has done. By the way, bringing in a- Avery Johnson, uh, uh, top 100 quarterback this year, who has like legit 4-4 speed and yeah. could be very exciting. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked if we see some package deals, some packages for him to kind of get out there and, and flash the wheels a little bit. Um, although Will Howard, pretty clear hold on the starting spot. Right. Any more th- any more thoughts on that, or or is that kind of what? So, yeah, yeah, no, no, the same. Um, that you you don't really have many thoughts on Kansas State just because they're just kind of there, and that's and you're the way always they like it. <laughs> right. That's just how they like it, and you're always overlooking them. I think a lot of people overlook them. The Big Twelve champs last year, like TCU, went to the championship game and got all kind of the praise. You know, they beat Michigan. But Kansas State actually has the trophy. They're the only one in that conference that actually won a trophy last year. So, yeah, um, maybe a little disrespected is is the Wildcats right now. Yeah. All right, you mentioned TCU. That's kind of our next team. Also, their win totals at 7.5. Went all the way to the national title game a year ago, and we won't talk about what happened there. But absolutely a successful year. First-year head coach. And and Sonny Dykes was a guy who we all knew about, but we didn't really talk about him as one of the big hires of the offseason last year. But he comes in and just totally changes the program. Now, they did lose Garrett Riley, but replaced him with a pretty good hire. I think we we probably both feel that way in uh Kendall Bryles. Right. Um what are what are your thoughts on this TCU team? Okay. Obviously a lot of turnover, but it's you have to like some of the things what that you saw last year that could still translate over. There's there's a lot of thoughts that you have, and for a national championship, well, like yeah, they, they won a playoff game, which like we can all come and agree was a massive success for them last year. Winning a playoff game is hard to do; not many people do it um, outside just a couple of schools, and, and TCU is one of them. They did. And then for your number to be seven and a half this year it is like, it feels about right. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure where you want me here. Like if, if you can go back and you can look at like talent composite things and, and you can kind of see where they were ranking last year, last year, they were number 32 in the talent composite. They were behind teams like Georgia tech and Nebraska and Stanford. And, and, and they, so like they clearly did more with less. But part of that, like how much of that was just kind of catching lightning in a bottle with with Max Duggan and with Garrett Riley, neither of whom are there anymore. Right. But then you also have to take into a take into account the transfers, people that transferred in. And there's no question that they raised their floor with some of the transfers that they that they brought in. They were able to use that momentum to to elevate the program. So it's a it's a great number Um, at seven and a half. That first game against Colorado is tasty. Um, that one will be watched by everyone. That that is week one for them. Is that right? That's week one for yes, TCU. Yeah. I think September second. Um, yep. Right. That that one will be a lot of fun. Um, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna go over. I think I think they hit their over. Uh, I really like the some of the players that they brought in, the talent that they brought in in the portal after the championship game. Um, and like during that whole stretch, I thought they did a really good job of using that momentum. Um, and raising their floor so yeah I have them going over I think in a very it's a it's a murky big 12 right and it has been for a couple of years still a murky big 12 they can go and beat some some of the top teams like in last year they they were you know one of the top teams but like it's it's possible to go upset Oklahoma it's possible to go upset Texas um, Kansas State Um, I don't 
do you call it an upset? Like, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to feel about TCU right now. It's just a very strange team. Like they, they were, yeah, they finished number two last year, but yeah, I'll, I'll go over with them. Yeah. If you're looking at their team, I mean, Chandler Morris is back at quarterback who actually won the job in camp last year and then got hurt right. against Colorado in their opener last year. And we all know how that turned out. Um, but yeah, I mean, theoretically, they could be just fine at quarterback with him back. They got Trey Sanders, the running back from Alabama. They got JoJo Earl, the receiver yeah. from Alabama, Tommy Brockemeyer. Yeah. Like, there's, I like what they did in the portal. You talked about that. If we're kind of going down through their schedule, there's there's some tough games. Like, I, I get this line. Does it make sense to you? Does the line make sense for a a team that went to a championship game and beat an undefeated Michigan team to get there and then for their line to be seven and a half this year? They did lose a lot. And I think this is kind of factoring in. We all expect Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma to be better this year than they were last year. They have to go to Kansas State. They have to go to Texas Tech. So that's tough. Right. Right. Um, those five games I just mentioned, like those are probably the five toughest games. I think they could theoretically be undefeated going into that stretch. I mean, those are their last five games. So I don't really like the way that that's set up, that they have to go to Kansas state and to Texas tech to Oklahoma, but I, I'm just going to put some trust in their system. I want to put some trust in in what we saw from them last year. I'm going to join you on the over. I, I think it makes sense. Um, it's a pretty tough schedule. Sure. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. All right. And and I do like the hire, too, that you mentioned, like, bringing in Kendall Bryles. That was a guy that we thought did a really nice job with the Arkansas offense there for a couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, and to lose Garrett Riley, there's, there's not just a ton of elite offensive minds that were out there. I mean, Alabama was looking for a coordinator, you know. Um, there was some – I mean, there was – Georgia had to had to find a new um, offensive coordinator. Ohio State did as well. Like some of them hired internally, but the point was, is that there was a definitely a lot of people that wanted elite offensive play callers, and yeah, for TCU to go ahead and get what we thought was one of the better ones, um, yeah, I think it does show that they're they're clearly on the uptick. Um, it's a program on the rise for sure. Right. Okay. Next, we have yet another team that it has a win total at seven and a half. That is Texas Tech. Everyone's darling of, of this offseason. Yes. And for good reason, I would say. Like, Joey McGuire has done some good things there already as their coach, um, raising their recruiting profile. And if you're kind of looking at Texas Tech, you kind of trust what they got. They got Tyler Shuck and Baron Morton coming back at quarterback, both who played last year. And they do lose – I forget the guy's name, top 10 draft pick who was that pass rusher, but they got other good pass rushers. I know they're excited about They're They're over the moon about their team. Like they really feel like they have a great team. What do you look at when you see this Texas tech football team? Joey McGuire is, yeah, he, he had a really good year one, like a, there's a, a ton of positivity right now um, in Texas tech. The the I think that where you run into the issue is that there's there's so many teams that are that kind of in the muck that is the Big Twelve that you know any week anybody can beat anybody and someone does have to lose these games and if we're going over on Kansas State if we're going over on TCU and we're going over on Texas someone like 
there's only a certain amount of wins to go around and someone does have to lose. Um, and they, they happen to play all of those teams. I, I have them going just under, I, I, is that fair? I maybe, maybe not like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a, like, you do have to play your schedule. Um, Texas tech does, they catch Oregon in the non-conference. We think Oregon's a good team, really talented yeah. team. Um, that's, it is at home, which is nice, but that's still a really, really tough non-conference game. So yeah, I, I think they go under, um, maybe maybe a little unfair um but yeah i think i think they do go just under probably win seven seven games six seven games bull eligible though i do think that's definitely a possibility yeah i i'm with you and i kind of set it up like they are everyone's darling this offseason and i get it i totally do i like what they've done joy mcguire you mentioned it feels a little high for this this early in the process right. seven and five would feel like a pretty solid year to me their schedule is like you mentioned, like it's kind of tough just based on like, there's a lot of other teams in the big 12 that we expect to be better this year than they were last year. And if you're going down through their schedule, you mentioned the Oregon game, they have to go to Baylor. They have to go to BYU. They have to go to Kansas and to Texas. They also have to play UCF and TCU. And yeah, like I'm on the under, I think it might even be down at six and six. And I wouldn't be that down on the team if they were like, that would be totally understandable given their schedule, given how early this is in the McGuire era. I think the arrows pointed up. I'm just not sure it's quite as steep as it seems like everybody and their mother has Texas tech as, as their darling this year. So and sure. I'm just pumping the brakes a little bit. It's fair to, it's fair to do so, but it is, I think it's also important to, to understand that it just because they, you know, go six and sick, six and six does not mean that they are that they had a bad year or right. they, you know, that they, that they really underperformed. It's a, like, there's only a certain amount of these wins to go around. And I think it's maybe a little bit unfair to, yeah, to, to ding some of these, these coaches and kind of say, well, like, Oh, you know, they underperformed and they didn't do what they should with the momentum that they had going into the year. When you look at the teams, they have to play, like someone does have to lose these games. And I, that, that often just kind of just gets um, yeah run past a little bit is that there's actual numbers here and someone's going to take a loss in every single game. So yeah, unfortunate maybe that we're picking against them. I, I have nothing against Texas tech. They definitely have a really good thing going there with, with the, one of the other programs on the rise. <laughs> We've talked about three of them in a row that we feel good about in the long term. Um, yeah. It just, not all of them can go over this year. Right. Okay, next we have Baylor, one of the more disappointing teams in the country nationally, I would say, a year ago. They they were getting, like, top 15 love, and for good reason. Dave Aranda had a great first year, and, and last year it slipped a little bit. Not that they were bad, not that it fell apart or anything like that. It just wasn't quite – they just weren't quite as good as, as a lot of people were hyping them up to be. And, and almost I almost blame the hype more than I blame Baylor. Um, Blake Shapin is back at quarterback. And yeah, like I think there's a lot to like about Dave Aranda and some of the willingness that he's shown. I, I think I got the years mixed up. I would think last year was his third year. I'm sorry about that. But like some of the willingness he's shown to adapt already, like some of the things he did in year two, adapting from first year and, and some of the things I've heard about him this off season too. I like his mentality as a coach and I like this Baylor program. What do you think about their team this year? 
the okay the number i have is six and a half i'm assuming that's is that what you i have a six and a half or seven and a half oh wow okay the okay gonna talk about their schedule just a little bit they they open early in week two non-conference game utah goes to baylor Mm -hmm. um that's another yeah really good pac-12 team that's visiting a a kind of middle of the road big 12 team it's going to be interesting that's like that's a tough game utah is physical and i think it's you you, let's just hope that utah doesn't beat them twice if that makes sense like sometimes you play those physical teams early and you'll lose and then you'll the next week you'll go up against someone else and you're so beat up you'll lose again um because yeah like that loss just kind of rolls into the next loss I'm going to go under. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't need any hate from, from, from anyone. I like Aranda. I do. <laughs> um, I think they go under though. I I'll take the six and a half and I'll take the over. So we could both hit that. Okay. If we go seven and five. Right. I, I like Aranda. I, the schedule. I don't love that. They have to go to Kansas state to TCU to UCF and Cincinnati if you're playing Texas this year, like you're, you'd almost rather that just be on the road and get that one out of the way. Like if you're Baylor, then again, it is Baylor. Who knows? Like they've been known to upset Texas before. You mentioned the Utah game. There, there's a lot on the schedule that scares me. I think they can go seven five, um, which would split our thing here. Right. So hopefully that's what happens. And we can both go on winners. I like that. Okay. Next, we have UCF, our first newcomer to the conference. Right. And, well, first of all, what what are your thoughts on UCF before I go? So, okay, so we get John Rice Pumley and Gus Malzahn in the Big 12. Like, this is where these guys were meant to be, like, from a conference standpoint. Um, I, I really enjoy watching a Gus Malzahn offense some of the time, if that makes sense. When it's <laughs> yes. right, when it's right, it's so great. And then sometimes when it's wrong, it's, there's just like, you have no, like he has no hope of scoring points and it makes like, it can be very frustrating. Like ask any Auburn fan. Um, I, I do like UCF. Interesting. I thought that they put them at the top of all the newcomers. I think I would have leaned to BYU over UCF did you have any thought there at all that that you find UCF at the top of the heap of the newcomers I I thought that one was interesting the 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 over under that I'm showing is is seven which is a like like that's kind of a high number I I was actually a little surprised by that yeah I got a six and a half or seven by the way for you if you if you want to go over um okay I think that UCF has more coming back and BYU and maybe that's some of the concern to me it almost feels more like concern for BYU this year as opposed to a lot of respect for UCF although it is some respect for UCF when you just consider that they're kind of going big time like they're going to the big 12 right yeah six and a half or seven to me feels like a decent number you mentioned Malzahn and his offense can be kind of interesting I think John Rice Plumley, like at the very least you feel like they're going to do certain things well. Like they're going to have a bit of an identity, I think. They're going to run the ball well. They're going to be a little weird. They're right. going to be probably kind of fun to watch. If you kind of go down through their schedule, the the I love the non-con. Like if you're talking about UCF trying to make a bowl game, whatever, it's Kent State, 
boy they got they got to go to Boise, but Boise has not been amazing late as of late, and they get Villanova. Right. Um, the next yeah the their Big Twelve schedule: Kansas State, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, West Virginia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and Houston. So they miss Texas. That's nice. Um, they also miss TCU again. Nice. So it's not like for their first year in the new conference, it's it's not nearly as tough as it could be. It's not easy. Some of those games are road games that are going to be tough. That said, I'm going over. Like, I'll take the six and a half number and I'll say they go seven and five. I'm going to go under. So, yeah, like we'll find a little disagreement here. Like, I, kind of going back to my point, I was a little mentioned, or not. I was a little surprised that, that they were that they were that high. Um, it felt it's going to be fun. I'm not saying that. Yeah, UCF is a great ad from just like a uh, a neutral perspective. Like it's going to be a really. I think it's going to be a good fit. Surprisingly good fit. UCF in the Big Twelve. They get yeah, like it's it's Orlando and and everything that comes with it. I think that's going to be fun in the Big Twelve. Um, Villanova, you mentioned they play Villanova in the non Villanova is, this is not basketball Villanova. This is football <laughs> right. Villanova, and they are not good. They are very, very bad. So yeah, that's an automatic win, but the rest of the non-con still tough. Um, like they've got, yeah, Kent state, you mentioned they go to Boise. Boise is not what they used to be. It's not the same thing, but it's still a trip to Boise, which is about as far as UCF can travel. Um, like that's, yeah. and still stay in the True. States. That's a long ways away. I will go under. I'm going to go just under. We'll find, yeah, a little bit of disagreement here. I think the schedule is will eventually wear UCF down uh, by the end of by the end of the year. Yeah, I could see that. That's probably one of the ones I'm least confident about in this entire conference. All right, next we got Oklahoma State. Their number is set at six or six and a half. Mike Gundy back yet again for another season where you're never quite sure what's going to happen with this Oklahoma State team. Um, it does feel like they kind of lost a lot. They got Alan Bowman at quarterback who's been around um, Texas Tech, Michigan, I believe. Yeah. Um, it was kind of weird how they lost um, their former quarterback to Ole Miss and not, not necessarily even guaranteed a starting spot there. But, yeah, I don't know. Like Oklahoma State is one of those schools that you focus less on the individual names and more on the system – and maybe the schedule, like if you're talking over under um, and schedule, speaking of schedule, I'll just run through it a little bit. Central Arkansas at Arizona State, who knows what they could be this year. South Alabama, then they go to Iowa State, who ah, could be a little rough this year. Kansas State at home, Kansas at home at West Virginia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, UCF, Houston, BYU. So you're missing Texas. You're missing, I was thinking, uh, TCU. I don't know. Like this to me felt like a pretty easy schedule for Oklahoma state. There's no doubt that the non-con is, but or okay. So you mentioned Spencer Sanders leaves. He goes to Ole Miss. Right. He is in an, like an all out QB battle um, in Oxford, Mississippi right now. He had no guarantee of starting time. Yeah. Okay. And Oklahoma state absolutely fell apart last year. True. Like it was not good. Now they were good in 2021, but last year was not good. The defensive coordinator from 2021, he's he's um, he's at Ohio State now, right? He took some key pieces from the defense with him. Is is there a chance that Gundy, like, is it is it time for him to change? Like, like is it time? Is it or is it just time for a change? 
at Oklahoma State? Like, has that just kind of run its course? What's going on there? Because there's some large issues there. He didn't make a a huge splashy hire um, to replace, you know, the 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 defensive coordinator, right? I, I don't know. Like, there's people leaving, people are jumping ship. It's 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 at least okay to ask the question: Is everything okay? You know, at Oklahoma State right now. Yeah, I think it's definitely fair to question that. Um, I also think we've seen kind of Mike Gundy being a hole before and figured out just when you feel like they're going to have one of their worst teams, they figure out a way to be good somehow. The schedule's so easy, I'm taking over. So I like that we have a little bit of dis- disagreement. I could see this going very poorly. Like I could absolutely see this tanking and it going well under. Um, but yeah, for now I'll go in the over just mostly because of that schedule. Oklahoma State, uh, they they took 22 commits um, in this past year's class. Wow. Um, none of which were higher than a three-star. They were either three-stars or lower. So they got no fives and no fours. Um, they, and the talent gap, you know, doesn't matter is what we've been told. So they've been sneaky bad at recruiting. Like, yeah, true. At least as, as far as stars, like, I guess they, they do a pretty good job of identifying underrated talent and figuring it out but yeah you're right definitely something to keep an eye on okay next we have kansas kansas was a pleasant surprise a year ago had a pretty solid year their win total is five and a half or six you can get out there um a lot of respect for the job lance leopold has done you could argue kansas has one of the top 10 to 15 coaches in the country um, that's how good he's he's done. Jalen Daniels is back at quarterback. He was kind of the star a year ago. Right. Jason Bean came in a little bit and played pretty well as his backup, and he's back as well. So you feel like you're going to get good quarterback play from them. And really, it was about the offense. Like that was the main thing that made them go. What do you think? Like, can they sneak up on people yet again? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, okay, they had just a fairy tale year last year, yeah. right? That was a, I saw, I saw someone say it was just a magical six win campaign. That's what mm-hmm. that was. Um, which, by the way, for Kansas is, that's true. That they're, they're correct. Um, they, okay, they returned 17 starters. You, you love this. The quarterback, which you mentioned, is coming back. I'll, I'll go over. I, I will go over here. Nice. I, I'll, I'll take the over buying into the Kansas hype just a little bit. Yeah. I think they go over the schedule is not, it's not actually particularly easy, not, not super difficult in the non-con, but they do go to Nevada. And then you have a home game um, for the Illinois, the fighting Illini um, go to Kansas, which is, that's not easy. Like, like those are, those are difficult games um, in a, and by the way, this is, it's a fairly, it's a deep league and there's a lot of teams in it. Um, and then when you add a couple of, of tough non-conference games in there, like the schedule just fills up. Like you don't have your nice cupcakes um, and Kansas doesn't really. But I do think they're a really good team. They have a lot of experience, which I mentioned coming back. Like I mentioned all the starters coming back. I think, yeah, I think they I think they have another really good year and improve. I like that. I, I have no reason to necessarily disagree with you. I'm going to just take the under because, and this is – feel free to just attack me Kansas fans because it just feels like they were flying a little too close to the sun last year. And I love their head coach, good quarterback. The schedule is not like horrific. They do play probably the three best teams in the conference, Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas state, as well as Texas tech. 
I don't like that they have to like go to Iowa State. Like that's a little tough. Yeah. On the other hand, they get BYU at home. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I could see them going either way. I I'll be rooting for them to be bowl eligible yet again. Um, I'm taking the six number, taking the under. A little bit of push insurance there. They could go six and six, and I don't lose my money. Um, it just feels like a bet against the history of Kansas football. Like that's basically what I'm basing it on. Is maybe they come back to earth just a little bit. Sure. Yeah. No. That, and it's it's very fair, by the way, too. Like like the law of averages is especially in college football. It's almost absolute. Like everyone kind of comes back to the to the to the middle at some point. And after, yeah, a fantastic year, it's easy to see, yeah, them dropping back down. But but I do think there is something too to having like a batch of kids in there that had some success and then they all come back for another year. You know what I mean? Or a lot of them did. And to have that many guys that like, like, hey, we won games last year, like at Kansas, that doesn't happen, you know? And yeah, let, let, let's improve on that again, which I think is is possible. So yeah, no, it's going to be, it's definitely exciting. Um, there's no doubt that 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 program is like Leipold ha- is doing a good job there. I was not a fan of him when he was hired. I thought it was a mistake. I didn't like it. Um, and I was wrong. Like I was, I was just wrong on that one. Like he's clearly doing a really good job. Hey, next we have Cincinnati and this is kind of a weird, like, man, just a weird situation for Cincinnati. Another school that is new to the big 12 been in the group of five for, for a long time under Luke fickle had tremendous success, made a playoff, Loose fickle to Wisconsin this offseason, replacing with Scott Satterfield, which wow. left a lot of Cincinnati fans kind of feeling okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like okay, well maybe. Like I guess it could work out. Um, <laughs> it just happens that you're going from fickle to Satterfield in the same year that you're also going yeah. to the Big 12. That does not make things easy. If you're looking at their team. Emory Jones might be the quarterback, <laughs> right. the former Florida and Arizona State quarterback. Right. Evan Prater just has not quite figured it out. Former highly ranked quarterback who who just hasn't quite done what people expected. Corey Kiner um, looks like he might be the name at running back. I believe was an SEC running back, maybe at LSU. Um, that's purely off of my own memory, which could be shaky at best, but. It does feel like Cincinnati is facing a huge uphill battle this year. Am I wrong in thinking that? Absolutely correct. Um, is there is there any chance you're taking the over here at all? I, I'm going under um, comfortably too. This is one of my better bets um, in in what is a, a fairly. I mean, it's a cloudy Big Twelve, right? Like, there's a lot of things that could happen. We had TCU went to the playoff, and Kansas State won the conference last year. It's a crazy conference, but it feels like almost certain that Cincinnati will struggle under Satterfield, who we didn't like a whole lot. Like, it's one of those guys. Like, um, I, I'm not, I'm not going to compare it to um, the like the Alabama offensive coordinator hire when they brought Tommy Reese, but like you weren't a huge Tommy Reese guy when he was even at Notre Dame, and it's like. And then he went to Alabama. It's like, whoa, like we might have fired him, but then like he moved to Alabama and it kind of felt this way here, where it was like Satterfield and Louisville weren't on tremendous terms. And I, I don't know, Fickle, like, yeah, it's not great. It's not great. It's not like, like Luke, Luke Fickle, they Cincinnati has had a fantastic 
like, by the way, not just one head coach, like they've had success for a while under, I mean, you can go all the way back to Kelly when he was there and they yeah. had, I think they had an undefeated season one year before they got smoked by Florida. Um, like they had some, they've had some really, really good years. They've won. Yeah. So a couple of conference championships, they went to the playoff, which is wild. Just two years ago, they were in the playoff and yeah, fickle goes to Wisconsin. Like, like that's, that's a big deal. Like that's a really big deal. I think, I think they struggle. I think they really struggle to replace him. Um, yeah. Under, I have them going under. The one thing that could be their saving grace is the schedule is trash. <laughs> They do have they do have to go to Pitt in the non-con. That's tough. They do miss Texas, Kansas State, and TCU in conference, which is nice. That said, some of those like toss-up games on the on the schedule: BYU, Oklahoma State, Houston, and West Virginia are all on the road. Right. I want to take the over. I just can't do it. Like I'm going to have to join in the under. I think that the schedule could get them close. Like the schedule, if they're just competent, like if we saw Satterfield take a not amazing Louisville team, his first year, like they were competent. They never really improved from that, but they were competent. Right. Part of me thinks Cincinnati could come into the big 12 and just plug along and compete pretty well in most of their games and go six and six. Right. That could absolutely happen. I don't know, man. They lost a lot. So, yeah, I'll, I'll join you in the under. Any more thoughts in Cincinnati? No, no, not really. It's, by the way, that's okay to happen. Like, it doesn't mean that Cincinnati is going to always be there. Cincinnati's yeah. shown enough of a track record um, with, with multiple different regimes, like different coaches that were there that were successful and got mm. hired away to bigger, better jobs quickly, right? And had success, by the way, at those bigger jobs. <laughs> so yeah, no, Fickle, it, he, he did an outstanding job there. And there's no question that he had Cincinnati at their peak. Like, it doesn't get much better for Cincinnati there. Um, yeah, and to see him leave and 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 the the exodus of players that, that left as well, is it's hard to replace at a place like Cincinnati. By the way, the recruiting class for last year was not good. Like it, it was the worst in the big 12, like just looking in here, this is the 2023 class. And a lot of it's due to the turnover. Um, they only signed 12 players. Yeah. They did get a one four star. Like, I don't know, stuff like that does matter. Like you, you do need players, especially when you're going to be bumping up a conference, higher level of competition. So they will get it figured out. I, I just, I, I wasn't sold on Satterfield before. And like, am I, am I going to change my opinion because it says Cincinnati now? No, like it's still the same opinion. So yeah. Um, going under. Okay. Next we got Iowa state kind of a weird year for them last year. They finally broke through against Iowa and then things didn't go all that well after that. Um, Matt Campbell is still there, still doing good work for the most part. It does feel like they've kind of bumped up against the ceiling and now maybe they're dropping back a bit. Hunter Deckers is back at quarterback. Gerald Brock is their running back. He's a talented guy. They also bring in J.J. Cole, who was a, a, a finalist in the Elite 11, um, highly ranked quarterback. So there's some talent there, obviously, at a key at a very key position like quarterback. Um, personally, I hate the schedule. Like for Iowa State, if they're trying – whatever their goals are, uh, I do like that they get Iowa at home. They have to play Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas State, and TCU, the top four teams all in the conference. Right. That's tough. 
what what do you expect to see out of this Iowa State team this year? Is there any chance that they could be like the Kansas State from last year, like really undervalued? Hmm. Um, because yeah, like really, I mean, good coaching staff, right? Like like we we've liked. Like we've liked the Iowa State coaching staff for a long time, right? And then, yeah, I don't know. Everything, everyone stays there. And I, no, I like I do agree with you. The schedule is difficult. Iowa is always a tough game for Iowa State. Like it's that that one's just that one's going to be it's going to be close. Like it just is because just because it always seems to be. And you mentioned that they play probably the the best four teams um, in the conference overall. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and like the, like those are those are tough. Like those are going to be really difficult games. The the number I'm showing is at six. Is that what you've got? I've got a I'm five showing. and a half. Okay, uh, let me go to five and a half, and I'll take the over. I think they can get to six wins. I think that's doable. Um, I feel I feel like the number is is pretty accurate, um, just due to the schedule that they're playing. I I think it's a I think they're a really good football team. Um, but I, yeah, I do think the schedule is difficult. So yeah, it, it's, it's going to be, they're going to be a really, they're probably going to be a really solid team that goes six and six and just barely makes the bowl. And you'll, you'll never know how good of a team they were just because, you know, they had to play some really good, really good teams just ahead of them. Sure. I'll take the under, I guess this is kind of our opposite of the Oklahoma state pick where you went under and I went over. I guess right. maybe I trust Oklahoma State and you trust Iowa State. There's nothing wrong with with what you you're seeing there. Um, I don't know. For some reason, that stu- stood out to me as maybe where we differ. Um, where neither one of us. It sounds like neither one of us is super confident, but no, right. that's kind of where we're sitting. All right, next we got BYU, another one of the new teams to the conference. Has have been an independent for a while, but have played tough schedules. Um, Correct. For several years now, had a really good chance to be like major spoiler a year ago i would say they weren't quite as good as a lot of people expected uh, myself included not that they were bad it didn't quite go as well as as it could have lost their quarterback keaton slovis looks to be the guy this year on his third program i believe or something like that um it's byu like to to a certain extent you always kind of know what to expect it does feel like they lost a lot not sure what I feel about their receivers. Um, Cody Epps is there again. I, I don't know. Like what it's, it's, it's a new challenge because they've played tough schedules before, but obviously now it's week in and week out in the big 12. Sure. Um, what do you see from BYU? Can, can they, can they have a successful first year? I have, a, I have a lot of faith in Kalani Sataki. I think, I, okay, you mentioned the 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 point about them playing tough schedules in previous years, which is correct. Like you're right, they've played some like borderline brutal schedules. Um, just kind of yeah, just kind of due to. I mean, I guess that's like they set that up. Like that's set up by by the university. Now you're going to a conference. I I honestly think don't think it's going to be a huge change for BYU from a physicality standpoint. They're one of the newcomers to that conference. I don't think they're going to struggle as much as UCF will to the to the grueling nature of of you know of that conference of the Big Twelve. I don't think they'll struggle as much as Cincinnati. Um, 
like I see some wins here in the non-con. They do go to Arkansas, like on yeah. the road. That like that's a tough game. That that's going to be a really difficult game. Arkansas's maybe not fantastic, but that's going to be it's going to be physical, right? Like that's going to be a. I mean, that's a good SEC team. Um, I think, yeah, but I do think there's a lot of winnable games here. A lot of like borderline coin flip games that they like. I could see them beating Cincinnati. I could see them beating Texas Tech, West Virginia on the road, maybe Iowa State at Oklahoma state. I think BYU has a chance in those games. Um, so yeah, for that reason, I, my number that I'm looking at right now is at five and a half. I'll take that and go over. I think they can get to six wins, maybe even more. Um, yeah, I think, I think the coaching staff has done a really, really good job there in Provo. Yeah. I, it's going to be fun by the way, uh, like UCF and BYU, like really good, like home field, advantages for those teams mm. like that's really good for the big 12 to get like programs like that that aren't by the way not huge huge like universities that you like that you think of like whoa they've got a like just an incredible home field but they do they're kind of underrated like like yeah. ucf really has a really good home field advantage byu does as well it's going to be really neat to see yeah even on tv like it's just going to look really cool um to see Oklahoma, Oklahoma goes to BYU this year. Like that's going to be fun. Like there's going to be some things that are, it's just going to look cool. So yeah, no, I like BYU. Um, I'm going to take them to go over this year. I'm going to zag a little bit on you. I'm going to take the under. I, I don't love that a lot of their toss up games in the conference are on the road. Um, namely Kansas TCU, which is probably not really toss up um, West Virginia and Oklahoma state. Those all feel a little scary to me. <sighs> I don't know. I, I just feel like they're they're going to be fine in the long run. I like like you. I have a lot of faith in Kalani Sataki. I don't have a lot of faith in the quarterback situation. Missing Jaron Hall and going to Keaton yeah. Slovis like that's a little sure. rough. Got to go to Arkansas in the non-con. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to take the five and a half number. Take the under. I got a four and a half for you by the way on your over. So we could okay. both hit again. Another one we could both hit if they go five and seven. But yeah. All right, next we got West Virginia. Their number is at either four and a half or five and a half. I can find either one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like we might have some similar thoughts. Tell me what your thoughts okay. are on West Virginia. Is there any chance that he's still coaching there week four? Like, <laughs> it, I mean, I'm serious. Like, that's a fair question. Yeah. Why is he still? Why is he still there? Like, they clearly don't like him, right? Like yeah. it's it's pretty apparent. The head coach I, Neil I just, Brown, you're talking about. Correct, correct. I just I I don't understand. It feels a little almost unfair to him and unfair to the players. Like it's kind of like a lame duck situation a little bit because they they clearly don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I had some fairly strong feelings about it. Like let's just if we're going to fire him, let's just go ahead and get it over with because it feels inevitable. It does, and I don't know. West Virginia, it's a a once proud program. It really is. It's not something that you want to see happening to them. Um, but no, that, <laughs> that was my thought is, does, is he still there? Um, you know, into October, does he make it to October? It, it's definitely one of those that you got to keep an eye on uh, looking at the team. Just there's a few things I like about them, I guess. Like, I don't like their defense. Their defense was not good last year. I don't expect them to be any better this year, frankly, if you're looking at their offense, though, like Garrett Green had moments at quarterback. Um, they have a good left tackle, Wyatt Milam. Um, they're bringing in 
Uh, Rodney Gallagher, a freshman receiver who is not supposed to necessarily be a starter, but I would imagine by the end of the year he will be um, one of those shifty guys who mm-hmm. – and, and part of the reason I say it is just like we know West Virginia. Like you think about watching West Virginia 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah, Pat We're White talking about Steve like, Slayton. Sure. Yeah, like those human joystick guys. Maybe Rodney Gallagher could be the next one. It's probably not going to be for Neil Brown. Like – I don't know, man. I know. You, you you talked about like, will he still be there? Uh, they start at Penn State, then they get Duquesne. Thank goodness. Brutal. Brutal. Then they got to play Pitt. Now that was fun last year. Like this year, they get to play them at home. Maybe like maybe in a rivalry game like that where everyone hates each other. Like maybe it works out good. They're not as good as Pitt. Like quite frankly, they're not. They got no. Texas Tech and TCU right after that. Yeah, to me, this feels like a pretty clear under because. They could have an interim head coach, like you said, by October. Uh, agreement. This one was kind of easy. Um, yeah. The the number I'm showing five and a half. Is that what you're? Is that what you have as well? I have four and a half or five and a half. So obviously we'd be taking the five and a half there. Yeah, I'd be taking the five and a half and going under. I don't think they get the six wins. I I just don't see them on there. Like I I don't see the wins. So yeah. I like I think B, I think BYU beats them. And I mean, maybe you get Cincinnati, maybe you get Houston, like, yeah. Who are you beating? Like, I just kind of just yeah. my, that was kind of just where I ended up at. And yeah, I agree with you at Penn state and then Pitt at home. Um, like Pitt's better. Pitt Pittsburgh is better um, than, and, and we, we both like Penn state. So yeah, no, I have agreement there. Um is yeah, kind of a slam dunk. This is one that I would feel fairly strongly on, and it, it's it's unfortunate too. I no one really wants to see it. Like like you don't, no one's rooting for that to happen. I just yeah, like you just look at their schedule and like them, the possibility of them starting one and four is probable. Like that probably is going to happen. And if they start one and four, like they're probably looking for a new coach by the start of October. So like yeah. that's kind of just the facts here. Unfortunate as it is. Yep. All right, one last team in the Big 12, and that's Houston, our final new team to the conference. Eight and five a year ago, and it wasn't it wasn't a bad eight and five, but it was a little bit disappointing considering some of the preseason expectations they had. They had a good offense last year. Um, their defense was trash. That was kind of what let them down. Um, unfortunately, their offense did lose Clayton Toon, their quarterback, Alton McCaskill, the running back, and Tank Dell, who was a great receiver with over 100 catches and is now playing on Sundays. That said, I kind of like what they did to replace those guys. Donovan Smith comes in from Texas Tech, the quarterback there. Um, brought in Tony Mathis Jr., who was West Virginia's leading rusher last year. And Matthew Golden is a receiver that they're very excited about. I don't know if he'll be quite as good as Tank Dell right away, but he's he's a guy who's going to be, yeah, putting up numbers. I don't know if their defense is – it didn't make any sense to me that they were terrible last year because they – they had one of the best young defensive coordinators in the country. Two years ago, they were pretty good on defense. I'm not sure what happened last year. Um, so I'm not sure what to expect from them. It is their first year in, the, in a new conference. Um, yeah, it. I can't make any confident picks. Looking at their win total, it's four and a half or five is what I see. Like, there's no way I'm making a confident pick one way or another. What do you think, Ash? So – I actually feel pretty good about this one. I'm going to okay. go over um, nice. at four and a half. I think they get to five wins. Uh, the non-con is fairly easy. Like it's not terrible. 
um, which I think is kind of where you have to honestly, like the, the conference games kind of equal each other out. Like maybe you upset someone, but then you'll probably lose to a team that you shouldn't. You kind of have to look at some of those non-conference games and like, where can I find an edge, you know, here um, when you're trying to, you know, make money against Vegas. I like Houston. I, I think they'll, I, they're not going to beat Texas um, and like, they're not going to just come in and, and, and upset Texas, but I think they could get Baylor and I think maybe they could get Cincinnati. Like, like I think that's a possibility. So yeah, I think Oklahoma state, uh, that, that could be a really good game. So yeah, I think they get to five wins. Um, I think that's a, honestly, I think that's a good first year for them um, playing in power five. I think that that will be viewed as a success and it should be viewed as a success. Yeah, I think I'll join you on the over. We might know in week one if they got a good chance or not. They could they play UTSA, who's not bad. Um, like that could be a pretty good non-conference right. matchup that falls by the wayside because there's so many other games to watch in week one that we kind of forget sure. to check that. But yeah, that could actually be very predictive about how how their season goes. If they can go three and zero in the non-con, then obviously you just need to win two games in the conference um, to to go over on that number. So. Yeah, I'll join in the over on Houston. Um, there you have it. That's the Big 12. Who's your pick to win the conference? I can't talk about all of Texas's receivers and their great quarterback room. Um, I, let's just go ahead and do it. I'm I'm willing to get hurt again. <laughs> I am willing. I am entering this relationship willing to get hurt yet again. Is it smart? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. But when you look at the talent, you look at the coaching staff, you look at the quarterback, like, like when you look at the whole, like the composite of what Texas is, I'm buying into the mojo. I am. Um, I'm going with the Longhorns to win this conference. I think they will win because I think they are the most talented football team in this conference. Um, and I think they've got one of the best play callers in it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with the Longhorns. That's scary to say out loud. Yeah. They haven't won the conference since 2009. I know, but when you oh. look at the teams, like I, I'm with you, I have to pick Texas this year. I, I can't say I trust them, but <laughs> who I else are you going to pick? You're going to pick Oklahoma. They went six and seven last year. Like yeah. who else? Are you, you're not going to pick TCU to do it again. You're going to pick Kansas state to beat Texas in a, in a, you know, a head, a head to head matchup. You're not, you're going to take Texas. Like who else are you going to pick? Right. Yeah. Okay, well, anything else before we wrap this up? No, no, that's it for me. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. Have a great week, and God bless you all.